0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, the zone. We're joined now by Chris Camerani from The Athletic. He joins us on the Smart Rain Guest Line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain's giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit smartrain.net or call 877 346 3333. Chris, good morning.
1: Good morning. I guess I should be addressing, uh, according to City Weekly, the sports reporter of the year. So, good morning to PK.
0: PK, would you like to say good morning back? Are you are you done? You're just done with Chris. You're over him.
1: Did that? Did are you not aware, DJ, that you've been you've been named sports reporter of the year by City Weekly?
0: Uh, I got told that yesterday. Yes, I did hear that.
1: Well, Mazel Tov, my friend.
0: Thank you. Uh, So, I wanted to have you on, Chris, because I read a story. I think it's your most recent story. Um, I recently uh, became aware that, uh, well, we've all known message boards are crazy for a while. I didn't realize that someone was tracking all message boards and putting out either the best of the best, or perhaps you would prefer the worst of the worst. (laughs) and. And aggregating all of these crazy comments about people who must be fired, I had three different U fans tweeting at me that if Kyle loses to Arizona, he must be fired. Now, on multiple levels, that drove me nuts. One, the game was going on. Nobody's lost anything yet. Watch the game. Number two, they kept sending it even when the youths were ahead. And number three, does any one game outweigh all this body of work and the trajectory of the program? Does that make any sense on any level? But it's not unique to the fan base. And one fan base said, this isn't just a you thing. And feedback said, well, yeah, here check out this Twitter follow. Now go ahead and pick this up. How you you found out about this aggregation of crazy uh, takes uh, that surround college football.
1: Yeah, so um, interestingly enough, it's Uh, a a guy who has local ties to us here. Blew my mind when I saw that. Yeah, Yeah, blew my mind. It's an Aggie. Unbelievable. It is is an Aggie, yeah. So um, his name is Pete. Out of uh, respect for what he does for a living, um, he asked not to be identified because he doesn't want his uh, bosses to know how much time he wastes on a daily basis. I guess waste is uh, subjective because he's doing – uh, important work for the college football community uh, to some, but yeah, the the story is the genesis is is this is a guy who went to Utah State um, who you know remembers when message boards really first came about, and you know would visit them during uh, I think it was the Stu Morrill days of of you know Aggie basketball when Aggie football was not great and all he would see would be messages of. You know, this guy needs to be fired. We need to go after this absurd, you know, out of the box hire to turn the program around, so on and so forth. And then it kind of dawned on Pete that, you know, what what is this like everywhere else? Obviously, Utah State athletics is a very um, niche market from a national perspective. So, uh, you know, last year before the start of the COVID football season, Pete decided to just start. Uh, making the rounds on message boards in various conferences, various schools around the country. And um, he, as you mentioned, DJ, he manages to unearth the most uh, egregiously bad cold takes in sports today. Um, and it's a lot of work. I mean, I talk to him about what, you know, goes on every weekend – he usually just has a bunch of message boards pulled up on his phone or on his you know, laptop when games are going on, and he just keeps track of the ones that he knows are going to hit, and they're the ones that you can predict, the Texases, the Floridas, the A&M's, and all he does is repurpose the ones that he believes to be absurd, and most of them are absurd. Um, but mind you, this is, a, this is a grown man with a family, the best part of the story to me is that his wife and kids don't know. He managed, he's still managing to keep this under wraps from them. So when he's at his kids' you know, Saturday rec league games, he's looking at his phone and maybe they think he's you know, doing some work text. But in reality, he's checking the temperature of a very angry fan base somewhere across the country.
2: <laughs> no, all right. Well, that's a nonstop job, I guess. It'll never, uh, it'll never change. It'll probably only grow worse. And yeah. All the uh, all the stuff there. I mean, I get it. I get hammered on that stuff. But uh, I take it as a sign of victory. The more they're talking about you, the more. Uh, and they say, oh, I haven't listened in years. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I, 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 I hear what you're saying. Meanwhile, the checks keep coming twice a month. So good for you. You haven't listened in a long time. Well, I've been paid for a long time doing a job that I love. So you end up working on that. But what I saw on that side. I think there was four predictions from athletic people and three and you were you were one of them and three of them
1: had Utah winning and you were not one of them. That was not me, PK. That might have been another Chris who was on staff. You liar, liar, liar. <laughs> <laughs> I think by now you guys both know me well enough that I would never you know, comfortably put myself out into the, the terrors of the internet and predicting something to happen one way or the other it is a oblong uh, ball filled with pig skin I have no idea how it's going to bounce um, I will say this my wife keeps asking me if the youths make the Rose Bowl will we be able to go I say, well, they have to do one of two things in the next three weeks. They need to beat Oregon once to impress the Rose Bowl committee enough. Or if they lose twice, they need to cross every finger and toe they have possible and hope that the Rose Bowl still finds them interesting enough. So we'll see. I I mean, I think it'll it'll be a good game. This will be the first really, really good team that Utah has faced this season. Obviously, BYU is, is really impressive this year, San Diego State as well. But from a Pac-12 perspective, Utah just hasn't played anybody great this year. And it's going to be a stiff test, guys. I, don't, I, don't, I think I'm preaching to the choir here, but it's going to be their most difficult test to date. And then they're going to see these guys again in three weeks, presumably, unless they don't have a repeat of the 2011 Utah-Colorado game.
0: How much faith, and you've you've been around Utah football for a long time, how much faith do you have in the offense? Because they're cranking out these 450-yard games every week. Kyle Whittingham keeps mentioning that. This is a run that we really haven't seen out of their offense very often, going back to well, probably going back to Urban in 2004, maybe. Even the Sugar Bowl team in 08 didn't score like this.
1: Yeah, I guess I will just be cautionary in the sense that they played bad teams, guys. (laughs) Let's be honest. Like, the reality is, is if Utah plays, you know, Oregon earlier in the year, maybe we're having a different conversation. Or if their non-conference schedule features somebody who's, who's very good, maybe we're having a different conversation. Utah's doing what it should be doing. They should be putting up a lot of points against teams who are inferior to them. Um, it is a backwards Kyle Whittingham team, though. I think you know you're seeing Utah having a difficult time stopping the run um, defensively. They're okay. They're not, you know, what we've expected them to be historically. And offensively, once they once the line got it figured out, and once Tavion Thomas was able to hold onto the football, uh, it changed the complexion of the offense. Obviously, in addition to uh, Cam Rising taking over at quarterback. Um, but I, I just I just want to be cautionary here because I while I understand that Utah is offensively impressive, um, you know, they're still putting up points against teams that they should be putting up points against because they are nowhere near the talent level or the expectation level of where the youths are. And I say that, yes, I say that to the USC's and the UCLA's and maybe the Arizona State's.
2: Yeah. And I also think, too, on the other side of it, they've placed – played three teams that didn't have their quarterback. Three. Yep. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Uh, and that doesn't count uh, Arizona, I don't think. Uh, with and they, But uh, they should have beat them no matter what. Uh, so you can say, well, you know, they've taken, they got luck. But, you know, the other teams stink. But that's not Utah's fault.
1: No, no, that's true. No, you're right. I mean, I, listen, you, you play who's in front of you. I get that. Um, but eventually, if you're going to have the kind of season that you want, you're going to have to come across a team that um, on paper is better than you. And if we're being honest, Oregon on paper is better than Utah. Um, there's a reason why they went to Ohio State and became the first team to beat the Buckeyes in the shoe in like five years or whatever it is. That, this is the this is the reality of the situation. That's not to say that Utah can't match up well against Oregon. Um, but listen, guys, they're going to – whoever is you know, at left tackle on Saturday is, is going to be tasked with trying to, trying to block the likely number one pick in next year's draft. Utah has not seen that this year. They're going to be tasked with guarding a bunch of receivers who, let's not forget, smoked uh, a defense that was filled with pros two years ago yeah. in the Pac-12 title game. So yep. um, we have to operate in the realm of logic. And sure, Utah will have an advantage at home. Um, I guess. I mean, there have been there have been games historically where there was a really high profile team that came into Rice Eccles Stadium and, and Utah won surprisingly. But there is also the the antithesis of that. I think everybody remembers the TCU game of 2010. So um, there there is some historical context to this game. I understand that it was a long time ago, whether it was the Stanford win or the TCU loss. Um, but but Utah has its hands full and. The reality is, is they're going to have to play easily their best game of the year this time around, and likely do it even better in two or three weeks if they're lucky enough to match up against the Ducks in Vegas.
0: So I was willing to take you at face value that Chris Vanini was not your, uh, you know, your alter ego, and that you were not the one who picked Oregon. But now that I listen to you talk, yeah, I'm not buying the whole doppelganger thing. I, I think, I think you've just used an assumed name. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know if it would make sense to have a, have a pen name A be so close to mine <laughs> and, and B, somebody who basically does the exact same thing that I do, only better. So um, maybe maybe I'm that good at fooling them, but I don't know, DJ. I wouldn't give myself that much credit.
0: Well, for you fans, I'm looking at the athletic picks right now, and uh, the, you know, Ari, Ari Wasserman believes in the Utes, and Jason Sterrett believes in the Utes. So.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. Ari is our lead recruiting writer and he he, he delves into the the hellhole that is, you know, everyday recruiting across the the country. So if if Ari believes that Utah's merry band of three and maybe some four star recruits can upset the five star Laden Ducks, then Utah fans must be stoked about it. But again, we'd let's uh let's see how Saturday plays out. I will say too, guys, the one thing that I'm looking at is Anthony Brown isn't a great quarterback, but he's a quarterback that Utah hasn't necessarily faced this year. And by that, I'm meaning a guy that, that purposely wants to put the ball on the ground and run himself. I think Jaron Hall burned the youths a lot earlier on this year with his ability to extend plays. Um, Jaden Daniels didn't do, you know, a ton in that ASU game, but this is a guy that's going to make life difficult for the Utah defense. And let's not forget and and maybe, you know, Kyle and Morgan and that staff are looking at the twenty nineteen title game. You know, the Ducks schemed Justin Herbert running on this defense and that really changed the complexion of the game. So this is going to be, as I mentioned before, this young defense's most stiff test today and I'm fascinated to see how it plays out.
2: Yeah, I actually think that the key to this win or the key to the loss for Oregon's pers- from Morgan's perspective, which other whichever way it goes, is that it boils down to how well Brown plays and how many plays he's able to make, whether it's through the air or on the ground, it doesn't matter, because I think that the other guys in Oregon's offense will do what they do. And so I think Lincoln Kennedy disagreed with me, but I think it boils down Hmm. to Brown, and if he's playing well, they've got a good chance to win. If he's not... Then I like Utah's chances.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, can can Morgan and that staff dial up enough pressure to make life difficult for this guy? Um, I mean, let's and let's be honest. We, I've already mentioned this, but this is not going to be the most difficult place that he's played in this year on the road. I mean, he was the starting quarterback on Oregon one in Columbus. So, but the reality is, is you know, as you mentioned, PK. Oregon has guys that can that can hurt Utah. It's just a matter of limiting the most important guy on the field, and then the most important guy on the field in football is always the quarterback. So, yeah, you know the the secondary will will have its hands full with the Johnsons and the Pittmans and whomever. Utah will have to figure out how to, you know, get turnovers in this game. I mean, I I don't know why it's coming to mind, but I think of that Cal Utah game like five years ago when Jared Goff rolled in and. I think Utah picked him up, picked him off like five or six times. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think this is the type of game where the Utah defense has to pronounce itself the, uh, the alpha if Utah wants to have a chance to win.
0: Well, it'll take a lot of discipline because it's like the, uh, when Utah was playing Air Force back in the day. They run, they run, they run some more. Then play action, they roll them out. And does he hit on a deep ball?
1: Well, yeah, does he hit on a deep ball? And unlike Air Force, Anthony Brown is going to be throwing to future NFL wide
0: receivers. Yeah, but if he throws it five yards over their head, to PK's point, if he's not on, you know, if he throws, he's got some guy wide open going down the sideline and he throws it out of bounds, uh, the NFL receiver, future NFL receiver, <laughs> can't move the sideline, you know?
1: that No, you're right. You're right. I mean, I, I, the other thing, too, is we haven't talked about it, uh, You know, the secondary is young. It's inexperienced. Mm-hmm. It's beat up, frankly. I mean, they've... They've lost, uh, you know, one of their starting quarterbacks presumably for the year. For a while now, another quarterback got hurt last week in the win against Arizona. Um, I think Vontae Davis is still technically playing with one hand, so um, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. I think I will caution Mute fans who are smelling roses to get through Saturday first.
2: Yeah, it's kind of funny in that in a sense as far as roses go mm-hmm. this game doesn't really even matter <laughs> I, I, don't know, the, they, they I
1: don't know pk they got to beat them in like, 3 weeks they got to beat them that first it, week of december so my question to you is if they win to, on saturday and lose then yeah they, i guess you're right because yeah, yeah cuz oregon Yeah, if will they go, win because oregon's yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: so yeah, it's yeah. This is so, like my, so, a like a preliminary <laughs>
1: So if Utah now you don't want to twice. get beat
2: forty-two to seven, but right, if you don't right. win, if they don't win, and it's a good game, and there's a winner and loser in every game, it's the way it is. If I, if Utah plays them tough, uh I'm not that discouraged. Actually, yeah. I have to see the complexion of the game because Oregon's going to have to do it twice. If yeah. they do it twice, then, of course, then they go to uh, the playoff most likely because I'm assuming then that they beat Oregon State and yeah. they don't lose. It would be a, a just, gosh, man, if they uh, if they were to beat Utah twice and fall out of the rankings without losing to Oregon State, I would go berserko on that. I just can't <laughs> see that. So I mean, I'm not discounting the level of importance. Every game is a big yeah. deal, and for Utah to – you know, to win is is a, is a big deal, no doubt about it. But they're going to have to do it again in Vegas.
1: Yeah. My question to you guys, though, is: Does an eight and five Utah team that's lost twice to the number three team in the nation in three weeks get the Rose Bowl invite? If I think if it's if they're really
2: good games, I, I still think they go.
1: Yeah. But
0: there's a possibility that UCLA wins out, beats USC, beats Cal, and is eight and four, and the Utes are in the Alamo Bowl. Hmm. So yeah. I don't think it's a guarantee just because they go to a Pac-12 title game and lose. I don't think there's a guarantee that the Utes line up in the Rose Bowl. A Rose so Bowl saying, did, <laughs> the Rose Bowl gets to choose, and I think at that point they might take eight and four UCLA, assuming wow. UCLA can get there.
1: I mean, maybe wow. USC beats UCLA. So could you imagine? I mean, like you guys would be set up for decades with <laughs> with the, with the amount of anger and. I mean, I would have to find something else new to write about from a pissed off fan perspective if that happened. <laughs> I think, I think you would see. I think you. I, I honestly think, guys. Like, I think if that was the case, I think Utah fans would be way more upset about that than say that O four team not getting a shot. Huh. You know? What about what I mean, about
0: I, nine and three ASU? If ASU wins at Oregon State this week, and they may not, but even if they don't, they could be eight and four.
2: Mm. No, there's no well, way to go over. Well, if that's the case, an yeah. and t- with a team on probation, which yeah. uh, coaches
0: they got to be gone. nine. They got to be nine and three.
2: Yeah, yeah, maybe nine and three because Herm's a story, but he's also yeah. a scarred story now too. Uh, and I still think they go. I think if if they're close losses, I think they go.
1: Well, I guess Utah fans should be cheering for uh, Corner Canyon alum Jackson Dart when the Trojans face. UCLA, because I just read that he's making his first career yep. start against the Bruins. Yeah, so.
2: he is. Well, yeah, I would, I would root for that. Absolutely, I'd root for that.
0: Well, Chris, we appreciate a few minutes. What do you got? Uh, what do you work on the next? Can you tell us? Huh? You probably kept that board geniuses <laughs> story under wraps, which, by the way, I just found that hilarious. And um, my wife asked me why I was laughing, because I was reading it Saturday, and, uh, and I said, and I, so I told her what was going on, and she's like, this guy, his his wife and kids don't know and I'm like he might be onto something though he's at 30,000 followers and accelerating I mean who's to say there's people making money off YouTube and TikTok who's to say
1: it's all about engagement DJ it's all about engagement um, no I have, a, I have a couple things coming um, nothing that I can tease right now but um, some national related stuff some local related stuff so I'm sure in the next few weeks we'll be chatting soon
0: alright Good luck, Chris. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Chris Camerani, the athletic. And he wasn't kidding. It really was Chris Vanini who picked Oregon. It wasn't him. He didn't do it, PK. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. I'm looking at it. (laughs) It's Chris Vanini. Who picked Oregon? All the other three guys picked the Utes. All right, DJ and PK coming up, 8.30. We're giving away more tickets to see the Jazz and the Raptors. And we will do that right on the other side of this break. DJ and PK, visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 at the next Utah Jazz game where there are free Papa Chad shot games, cornhole, and foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game, and socializing with friends. We'll give away the Jazz Raptor tickets next And we've got uh, Antoine Staley, Oregon Ducks beat writer for the Gene Register Guard, joining us coming up at 9.30 right here on The Zone.